Hello, I'm Patricia, welcoming you back to the Haiku P podcast. May I wish you a happy new year and hope that it brings you everything you're looking forward to and perhaps a little bit more. This is episode one of the second series. I'm raring to go with lots of topics to explore and a special podcast every month featuring the work of our community. You can check out the topics on the submissions page, but if you have something that I've not covered and you'd like to submit it anyway, feel free to do so. I love reading your work. The contacts are on the poetryp.com website. Now, before I set out to think about this podcast, I went for a little walk through the woods and up the hills near my house to the duck ponds. It's one of my favourite walks. We'd had a little bit of snow here in Zurich, and then some very cold days. The thermometer on my patio was reading around minus 6 centigrade during the day. It was very chilly indeed. Anyway, on the walk the snow was crunchy underfoot. The duck ponds were frozen over, and I was very thankful that I was, as they say around here, gut ausgerüstet. That is, I was well kitted out to keep out the cold. And it got me thinking, what makes us well equipped to be haiku writers? And it brought to mind something I've been thinking about whilst on the Christmas break. Haiku history and what was going on poetically as the haiku came into being. I dip in and out of the history of haiku from time to time, and this time my interest was piqued by an article by Alan Summers. Why haiku is different and Bashu never wrote them in English. I recommend it as an interesting read. The link, of course, will be on the show notes. And speaking of whom, he had a very pleasing haiku featured in the Haiku Foundation's Per Deum on Boxing Day. Crowded train, a dozen yellows crackle. It's very visual to me and takes me straight back to my time commuting by train in London. Happy days. But before I continue with a bit of history, I want to ask for a little bit of help. I wrote this haiku... Actually, I'm writing this haiku at the moment it's unedited. Let me read it to you and talk about it at the end of the podcast. The question I'd like you to mull over would be, does it work in this incarnation? Does it stimulate your mind to imagine what I'm possibly talking about, or is it just too ethereal? White sun. What a difference a hill makes. Orange sun. So, back to the history. There's a podcast on Shiki in season one. It's episode 21. I talked a little bit about his development of the idea of sachet. In this episode, I'd like to think about the origin of haiku as we know it today and the Western poetry scene at the time that Shiki was alive. It's generally acknowledged that there are four masters of haiku. Basho, Busson, Aisa and Shiki. But in reality, the first three poets didn't write haiku as we know it today. They would have been participating in the writing of linked verse. For example, Bashu wrote this, which we're all familiar with in its various translations. This one's by Adam L. Kern. Old Pond. A frog plunges into water sound. I don't know about you, but I always think of this in isolation as a haiku. But actually, it was composed as a linked verse. 
And here I'll give you the response. On young leaves of rush hangs a spider's web. Often when we read haiku composed pre-shiki, and for a while after his death, because the switch was not immediate, we're actually reading the first stanza of a linked verse, something called a hoku. Here is a hoku from the wash basin sequence, the first of 36 stanzas which appeared in Sarumino in 1691. It was written by Boncho, translated in this instance by Adam Kern. The wash basin's drip dripping gives way to crickets chirping. What Shiki effectively did was to give the word haiku a special role, that of replacing the word hoku, and severing it from the rest of the renga, which I've referred to as linked verse, and to make it a genre of modern literature in its own right. Why? Well, to have some idea, let's think about what was happening in Japan in Shiki's time. That's 1865 to 1902. It was opening itself up to the West. Shiki read Western philosophical writing, and surely he read Western poetry of his time. Poetry that was created by a single poet and that could stand alone on its own merit. Hence, his development of the haiku, a short poem similar to the hoku, except that it was not linked to verses written by others, and the poem would find merit in and of itself. I thought it might be interesting to listen to a couple of works written by his contemporaries in the West, and I've chosen two poets who actually were born in the same year as him. The first poet I've chosen is W.B. Yeats, and I've chosen The Lake Isle of Innisfree, which was written in 1888. I have to admit it's one of my favourites. It's a poem written about a place I know very well, my father was born very close to the island, and my kids have all driven the ferry across to it. So I give you the Lake Isle of Innisfree. I will arise and go now, and go to Innisfree, and a small cabin build there of clay and wattles made. Nine bean rows will I have there, a hive for the honey bee, and live alone in the bee-loud glade. And I shall have some peace there, for peace comes dropping slow, dropping from the veils of the morning to where the cricket sings. There midnight's all a glimmer, and noon a purple glow, and evening full of the linnet's wings. I will arise and go now, for always night and day I hear lake water lapping with low sounds by the shore, while I stand on the roadway, or on the pavement's grey. I hear it in the deep heart's core. Now I'll just give you the first stanza of another poem. The poem is If by Rudyard Kipling. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about don't deal in lies, or being hated don't give way to hating, and yet... Don't look too good, nor talk too wise. I hope you enjoyed these examples of Shiki's contemporary poets. And now I'll go back to the haiku I gave you earlier. White Sun 
What a difference a hill makes. Orange sun. Were you able to make sense of it? Not necessarily exactly what I meant, but did it mean something to you? Or does it need an explanation? If I tell you that I was driving along the bottom of the hill on which I live. It was very early in the morning and the mist was quite thick. The sun was doing its best to shine, but looked quite white through the fog. However, as I drove up the hill, I got above the cloud base and there it was in all its glory, a beautiful orange sun. Happens a lot round here. Well, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed my deviation from the haiku. Thank you very much for listening today. Next time I'm doing a podcast special featuring many of the community and the topic is childhood. If you're listening during the week that the podcast went out, then you might still have time to send me your submissions. Check out the submissions pages on the poetryp.com website. Thanks once again for coming along today and I look forward to talking to you again in a couple of weeks. Take care and keep writing. As usual, there are some links in the show notes. If anything's missing, just let me know and I'll update them. Bye.